0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Four Quarters Talk podcast with myself, Jack Brazil, and my co-host, as always, Josh okay. Say what's up, bro. Yo, what's up? What's up? Without further ado, let's get straight into, into today's episode. Uh, you know, There's been a bit of noise on social media recently um, following the Heat's rough start, the Miami Heat's rough start to the NBA season. They're currently 6-12. and 12. Uh, on the season after that famous uh, finals run last year is it too early to call that a fluke Josh uh, that's what I've been seeing on Instagram and Twitter some people labeling it as a fluke uh, what what's your take on on that yeah I, I think they
1: have enough time I think they'll make the playoffs but yeah I, I think there is a bit of truth because obviously they've been dealing with injuries you know they haven't had Jimmy Butler for almost a month so there, there's, there's things going on there Tyler has been out as well yeah, yeah, they've had a lot. They've been struck by injury uh, and, and the COVID situation. Yeah. yeah, protocol situation. But I think there is a little bit of truth, uh, to the claims about it being a fluke or at least being easier than it would have been in a regular year. So our first point, obviously, is that just how uh, unprecedented their run was because they were the lowest seed, the lowest seed seat, seeded team, since the '99 Knicks to make it to the finals at a fifth seed. Uh. And part of that obviously has to do with the you know the level playing field that there was. There wasn't any home court advantage, um, which allowed which allowed for that. You know, throughout the season, teams. The reason why teams you know pay so much attention to home court advantage because it does make a difference. Yeah, I mean, like you have teams that you know as soon as they as soon as they get clinched, it, that's when they start to rest their players and things like that. So when you have teams that are working hard throughout the season to build up. record to the point where they'll get home court advantage but then it's just completely stripped because you're in that you know isolated environment all in the bubble no no flight no uh plane journeys you know everything's in the same place you know every team has there's no fans there to affect it so yeah that that would help out because a lot of people put like the asterisk thing on uh you know on the bubble situation but I think for teams like LA who, you know, the Lakers who eventually won, I think mm. it hurts them more than it helps them, but it helps the those lower-seeded teams because they're the ones that uh, benefit more from not having to, you know, play at the, you know, favourite teams you know, home court or have to travel as much.
0: I agree in some sense with what you're saying uh, that it's probably a fluke that they got there in, in a bubble year. Um, I don't think if it was a if it was a regular playoffs, as you said, you know, with home court advantage and all this, um, that they probably would have got that far. Um, and obviously it, it's not looking like it's gonna happen again anytime soon. Um but even me saying that obviously they've had a they've had a highly impact they've been highly impacted by pro and injuries. But calling it a fluke I think is a bit disrespectful. I think you can you can call it an opportunity they took but I'm not sure if you can call it a fluke. Because if you look at the uh, playoff bracket from last year, uh, they obviously swept Indiana in the f- in the first round. Uh, then they move on to the Milwaukee Bucks, um, who they beat in five games using that same defensive ploy that they use in the regular season to defeat the Bucks. Uh, yeah. So you've got to call that good tactical work by Eric Spoelstra. And uh, then they move on to Boston, who you know have a lot more weapons, you could say, than the Miami Miami Heat on paper. Their roster is probably a bit more exciting. They take care of them in six games. Um, So I think that run up to the finals, I think if you're you're talking about, you know, even getting to the finals, winning three three rounds in a playoff environment, you can't call a fluke. I don't think. Maybe uh, maybe if you got through each one in seven games, but it's not like they weren't even being pushed to seven games by any team. You know, five games against Milwaukee, who were big favorites to go to the NBA finals. Uh, swept Indiana in the first round, took care of uh, Boston in six. So, you know, it does show that they deserve to be in that spot, but also it's a, it, they did take an opportunity with probably the bubble helped them out of most teams, you know, more than most teams.
1: Yeah, I do have to clarify my points. I mean, especially in the NBA, in the playoff setting in the NBA, there's no flukes. Like mm-hmm. th- that. That that sport more than any other sport, is where you truly get the best teams winning because you have yeah. seven-game series. You know, you have to beat a team four times. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's not luck. There's no luck involved. And you can't penalise the Heat for being more focused than other teams. Um, you know, you had Jimmy Butler saying, I'm not bringing any family. This is a business trip. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, taking advantage of that situation, of course, like, you can't, you can't uh, hate on that. I mean, you, there's nothing but respect. And as you said, you know, beating the Bucs, there was a lot of uh, tactical things that went into that that probably would have happened anyway. But it definitely is a factor. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, there are barely any teams that come back from 3-1 leads, but the Nuggets were able to come back twice, um, becoming the first team to ever come back twice because it's a lot less of a daunting task having to, you know, win three straight when you don't have to worry about travel and you don't have to worry about... an uh, the opponents fans or anything
0: like that. So could you maybe call that one a fluke?
1: Yeah, I'm just talking about, you know, when I when yeah, when I put this topic down, I wasn't really obviously the heat were in my mind, but I was looking at yeah. I had the heat and nuggets down here because yeah. they're probably two of the teams that benefit the most from it and I kind of grouped them together. Um so I think uh obviously it, they were there were impressive feats, but it was definitely aided by you know, the bubble situation, I wouldn't say fluke. I think fluke is a strong word, but yeah. I think they definitely benefited from that. But uh, I more think than they normally would.
0: I think as much as we're going to, you know, um, give LeBron credit for winning this title, we have to give that same credit to the Nuggets and the Heat. Um, you know, obviously there is some memes saying the Mickey Mouse ring and, you know, <laughs> all, all of this, and that, that is not a real ring. But at the end of the day, that's gone down. I on think, it, I think it goes risk.
1: against, I think it, um, at the same time, makes it more impressive for the Lakers and less impressive for... Because the, my my mindset is that not having home court advantage is an advantage to the team that wasn't going to have it more than okay. it is. To, and it's a disadvantage to the team because the Lakers are probably one of the best home teams on a, on a normal year with their fans in attendance. That's probably one of the strongest home court advantages that you can have um, as that team, you know, in Staples Centre. So, I think not having that gives an advantage to you know the team that doesn't ha- doesn't now have to deal with that. So I think it makes it harder because now you're having to be teams that have more confident players because you know in the bubble a lot of shooters were talking about how not having fans um, helped with kind of like even little things like depth perception of not yeah. having you know a reflection you know when you look when you look at the glass or anything like that and it helped shooters you know a lot of shooters were out of their mind you know you had jamal murray you know you had donovan mitchell out of his mind you know uh robinson later on and especially hero so um you have players benefiting in that way as well
0: well going moving away from the bubble now and uh, coming back to the current regular season where where did the heat go from here obviously as i said earlier this, they've started the season 6 and 12 um it's looking it's looking bad for them right now. Uh, but do you think a lot of those problems will go away once they get their leader in, in Jimmy Butler back, or do you think uh, they'll be they'll be struggling to even get into the playoff race, like Paul Paul Pierce has said? Uh, no, nah,
1: we're we're a quarter of the way into the season. Um, there are plenty of teams right now who have underperformed, whether it be injury concerns or or whatever. But you have to you have to cut them some slack here. Like they need to get healthier. You know, they need to get, you know, all of their players back. But also, they are a team who, I mean, we haven't really noticed it as much with the Lakers, but they had that short off-season as well. You know, they had that 70-game off-season. So, they're still obviously reeling from that. And they had injuries in that run as well because they had, you know, Bam Hurt. They had, uh, who else did they have Hurt? Gora Dragic Hurt. Um, So, they they need to get healthier. Uh, I think, you know, (laughs) writing them out of the playoffs is... Complete overreaction, obviously, because there are certain, you know, the table right now just looks crazy right now. You know, the standings are. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna last. You know, with are quarter of the way to the season. Um, I think they have one thing that they do have going for them is that Bam was nowhere near a fluke. You know, that was his coming out party. Yeah, in those playoffs, you know, started from that Celtic season, and he's only gone up from there. Um, he's he's looking great right now. He's even added more of an outside shot. So uh, having him, yeah, uh, it's kind of a blessing in disguise having him take more, uh, take over for the team more and get more comfortable in that type of role.
0: Yeah, he, he's going to be a person that um, the Miami Heat build around for their future, definitely. So they've definitely got that cornerstone piece in Bam Adebayo, even when Jimmy Butler moves on, because they're not exactly on the same timeline. Um, but then again, obviously, they showed that they can both contribute to su- success now. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler coming back for this team will be huge. He's the one that sets the precedent for this team. Uh precedent for this team, I should say. Um yeah. you know, and they continue, yeah. and you've got more weapons coming back in Tyler Hero. So as things slowly start to integrate, people start to integrate back into the lineup. I think they should uh quickly move up the uh, Eastern Conference rankings. But um Yeah, they've got a great co the they've got great
1: coaching, great culture. Yeah. They'll they'll be fine. But then also going over the Nuggets as well real quick because they were one of the teams involved in that. um, That is something I'm definitely more worried about. I think they're not going to be as bad as they are now, but um, Murray is kind of regressing back to his inconsistencies that he's shown the last few years of his career. Because Jokic is a constant, but um, there's that. And then obviously, as we already mentioned uh, two episodes ago with their loss of uh, Grant, uh, losing Jeremy Grant has definitely had an effect on their defense, um, so it's going to be a lot harder for them to, you know, replicate the the type of run that they had.
0: Yeah, well, I think I think they might be being a little bit harsh on the Nuggets. I mean, they they did just get a four game winning streak ended last night, um, so you know that's that's signs of improvement. They sit at fifth in the in the Western Conference. I don't think they're the same team they were last year. The team that can you know come back from two uh, two. To being down three-one twice, um, they're not as as potent as that. But I don't I don't think uh, this is panic panic stations yet for the Denver Nuggets. Um, I can see why that reaction has been held with the Heat because their record would suggest that they're you know maybe in danger of missing the playoffs on paper. Um, but the Nuggets are comfortably in that. 5 to 6 range and that's exactly oh, where they've I been to finish. they've
1: been you know a constant in the western conference for the last you know five or so years yeah. but my thing is following that run that they had last year they were looked at to be you know maybe the you know the best of the rising young teams so to be able to build on that they're definitely going to need a much more consistent murray cuz no one is expecting yeah. him to be you know 50 point per game you know like he was in the jazz series but we were expecting him to show more consistency in the regular season.
0: Yeah. He's, um, you know, as much as Nikola Jokic is that, is that uh, number one star on that team, uh, the Denver Nuggets front office would have definitely, um, expected Jamal Murray to be that reliable two option that, that can, uh, get a solid 20 per night and help Jokic out as much as possible. Cause at times when you watch the Nuggets, it does feel that Jokic is doing everything by himself. Um, so the more help he gets, the more the more this Nuggets team will benefit, and it's kind of getting past that stage where uh, you're thinking that it's rust from you know the shorter off season. It's kind of getting to the stage where is this the Jamal Murray we can come to expect from this season? You know Donovan Mitchell kind of started to a similar way as Murray, but he's picked it up and is now back to the Donovan Mitchell we we all know. Uh, but Jamal Murray hasn't been able to hasn't been able to find his rhythm rhythm as of yet and for a player of his calibre a quarter of the way into the season that should not be the case
1: um and you have to also think that he was even showing as as spectacular as he was in the bubble he was showing inconsistencies there as well because he was part of the reason they
0: fell into those deficits those 3-1 deficits as well but but an 11-8 record on the season so far with Jamal Murray not being at 100% of his talent level so far I think that's that's quite quite um yeah this they should find but especially with Jokic playing at this level yeah it's not it's not bad for, from the nuggets uh, let's let's move our focus back over to the Eastern Conference um, and a team you know that's on the rise a team that we spoke about a lot and that everyone's been speaking about a lot uh the Brooklyn Nets Currently sit, sitting second in the Eastern Conference. I think when we last recorded, they were fifth. So, you know, they've got yeah. on a four-game winning streak here. Last Won eight three. of their last ten. Yeah. Yeah. Last ten, eight and two. Um, you know, they've had a few pieces moving in and out of the lineup. You know, KD missed last night, uh, and in last night's game, Josh, you know this firsthand. Your boys got torched for 147 points, uh, tying the Brooklyn Nets and previously the New Jersey Nets. Uh, franchise record for points in a regular regular season game during the Shot Clock era. Uh, did you watch that game? What did you make of it?
1: Uh, what I made of it, and not this game in particular, but when I first put it down, you know, when I first thought about this topic uh, was a takeaway from, you know, every game they've pretty much played since they acquired Harden mm-hmm. is that they are prolific offensively, you know, um yeah. A couple a few nights ago, when they had Katie in the uh, in the lineup, still uh, they played against the Hawks, and they it was high scoring. You know, against the Cavs, high scoring. You know, they combined for eighty nine between the big three. Yeah. Um, scoring is an their issue, and also with Harden, uh, he he's looking a lot more comfortable, a lot less tentative, uh, tentative uh, than he was to start off. He's looking like he's really starting to get used to playing for alongside offense, yeah. the other two, um, and not really. Because the first couple of games, he was kind of in the first half, he wouldn't really take
0: any shots, and then he it looks like he was defense. trying to please some people almost. Yeah,
1: to prove that he'd pass. Yeah, and all of that. But he just needs to be himself, who they traded for. So, but um, yeah, their issues are defensively. Uh, I think they still need they still have moves to, to make. Mm-hmm. Two players that have uh helped with uh, both their depth and their defense are Jeff Green and uh, Bruce Brown, who have been. You know they've been pre- they've been pretty good, uh, reliable off the bench. Uh, Bruce Brown of his defense. Jeff Green has, you know, kind of reprised his role that he had uh, to- towards the end of his, you know, tenure with the Rockets of being, you know, a small ball type player. Yeah, uh, a small ball center. So well, it's uh, no
0: it's no coincidence that Mike D'Antoni is is the assistant coach, and they're they're yeah, resorting exactly. to that small ball, as clearly a philosophy he believes in. Um, and when you when you don't have that centre depth, you know, I think their backup centre is uh, is Perry. Uh, what's, his, what's his first name? Reggie Perry, who's, you know, first-year player and at times looks kind of out of his depth. So, you know, resorting back to that small ball that DeAntoni knows can work for periods of games um, is going to be a real uh, ace up the sleeve of the Brooklyn Nets that they can put out maybe when they're, you know, getting dominated Um on, on the inside, they can, they can switch up the, the approach. Because uh, DeAndre Jordan, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been great uh, this season. Definitely looks like a player under decline. Um, the decline. And yeah. that's why there's been rumours flying everywhere about a trade from JaVale McGee, who I think would improve that interior defence. I've seen Andre Drummond too. Andre be, Drummond, a, a, a supposed buyout with the Cavaliers, um, which I can't see happening because the Cavaliers are in a playoff picture um Andre Drummond is playing for a contract. I feel I feel like he's putting up good minutes on a playoff contending team. Good stats I mean on a playoff contending team. He's contributing to wins there. They might want to commit to uh Jerry Allen. Yeah. Yeah, that that is true. Um but at the same time if they if they've if they want to get into the playoffs, why would they drop, you know, probably their second best player this season? You know, Andre Drummond might be might even be an All-Star this year. So I don't I don't see why they would buy him out. Um but it yeah, depend. I think that's
1: assuming doing. that they, that's probably assuming that they cool down at some yeah. point. But yeah, at this point, yeah, it doesn't look likely. But but yeah, they're going to need to address their size and their depth at the end of the day.
0: For sure. And um, I saw a report from Steve Nash. He's, he said that they're definitely looking <laughs> in the free agency market for uh, another piece of the puzzle because obviously they got that exception from the NBA for Spencer Dinwiddie being out. So they've got that open ro- roster spot. Um do you have any names that you think could fill that that spot in, in the roster that are currently free agents?
1: Um in terms of just depth uh and maybe defense, you know, they could pick up a player like Iman Shumpert. Yeah. Um th- yeah, there's a couple there. I think as a whole, the NBA should really look to expand. I've I've seen uh, I think it was Kendrick Perkins that brought this point. That they should really be looking to expand their rosters uh, to to deal with these, you know, protocol issues, because consistently, it's going to get to a point where it's going to be hard to keep postponing games. Yeah. And if they have a, if they have rosters that, you know, looking at a bit more closer to twenty to twenty-two players on a roster rather than, you know, fifteen, uh, that will allow for a lot of these games to still go on. But yeah, uh, there are definitely there are players out there like in Shampoo yeah. that.
0: I'm just looking at a current uh, uh, free, free agent uh Chart, you got names like maybe get a bull brother on the on the roster. Liangelo bull, uh, yeah, that's obviously not going to happen. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there, right? Insert corny. Cor- 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 Insert Amy. corny
1: steals jokes about
0: about jello <laughs> You got yeah. Damari Carroll, uh, Wilson Chandler, Tyson Tyson Chandler here. I'm not sure if he's retired, but you know, maybe for a bit of bit bit of length. um Alan Crab, Dwayne Deadburns here. Um, you know there's there's a few different there's options. some interesting's Ob- interesting not not anyone that's going to come in and completely transform the, this team overnight uh, but yeah
1: I think they have enough firepower to be fine for the for the regular season yeah and then they can kind of address it during that buyout period or that trade period well more, more so buyout period because I don't they, they don't have much to trade right now
0: Ronde hollis Hollis-Jefferson as well he is a former Brooklyn net obviously can give you that defensive edge as well. Um, yeah, there's a few options out there, and I'm sure, sure they're, they're extensively looking at that market. But as you said, um, you know, this this is a team that will probably thrive in the in the regular season. It's just a question about the playoffs. Um, and we're excited to come come to that and see if they can deliver. Let's move back over to the Western Conference, uh, where we can talk about another hot team. In fact, the hottest team in the NBA right now, the Utah Jazz. Uh who are on
1: eleven game win eleven
0: game win streak? Um, currently find themselves sitting atop of the Western Conference with a fifteen and four record. Um, and the thing that's really impressed me about the Jazz, especially over the last two, obviously they've been without been without Donovan Mitchell for the last two. Uh, he's in concussion protocol right now. Um, that kind of crept up on everyone. I don't. I didn't really see that see that coming. But um, they they didn't they didn't falter with you know their their star went out of the lineup. Uh, they had back to back against the Mavericks and they they blew them out in both both occasions. Um, especially you know Rudy Gobert really stepped up uh, for this Jazz team. First game he was a, a monster, twenty nine points, twenty rebounds, um, really repaying that two hundred million dollar contract there. Um, and then in in the game last night the, the Mavericks n- never really got started. Um, at all kind of made it easy for the Jazz in a sense. Um, and you know, the Dallas Mavericks are also a cause for concern, they're on a four game losing streak right uh, now. Yeah, uh, Luke Doncic was saying in his press conference that, um, he's not sure if people on this team really want to win, uh, which is a cause for concern as well. Um, what's in imp- have, you, have you watched much of the Jazz Josh or What's what's impressed you about this? Yeah, run?
1: uh, so yeah, Steve Steve Kerr said, uh, which is interesting when they played them that they that. He gave him a very good uh, compliment in saying that they look like us, you know, a few years ago before we rose to our dominance. Um, But, yeah, the main things about this uh, that I've seen, you know, the Jazz tend to go on these annual, you know, winning streaks and runs in the the regular season. But the difference right now that it's looking like there is right now is Conley, Mike Conley has really uh, stepped up found his yeah he's kind of found his place on this team. You know, right now he's the leader in plus minus in the league. Oh mm-hmm. uh, you've got you've got uh Clarkson who is looking like a six man of the year candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the he's right stepped now. up he's he's really stepped up uh in Donovan Mitchell's absence. Yeah. But also the the squad are just dominating on both ends. You know they're top five in both offense and defensive rating. And uh they've got six players who are who who make at least two threes a game, and you know as a team they're shooting forty percent from three. So that that's a lot. That's that, you know that that adds up to success right there. And uh, Quinn Snyder uh, has been you know he's he's been big. You know he's been a great coach for them for quite a while. And his new philosophy going towards you know getting encouraging the team to you know shoot a lot of threes. That's had to lo- that's had a lot to do with you know their success right now.
0: Yeah, they're um, just just to go into a few more stats. Um they currently lead the league in, in point differential, which means they're obviously solid on both ends of the ends of the uh of the court. Um and they they're having their best offensive season in franchise history. You know, as you said, the uh their three point shooters are firing. Uh everything's going right at the moment for the Jazz. Uh the question is always with the Jazz is can they translate that into off season success? Obviously they uh they blew that three one lead to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, In the bubble last year, Um, and now I'm going to pose a question to you, Josh. uh, That I've uh, from an article I was reading earlier, um, and you know I, I think I know what your answer is going to be. But are the Utah Jazz title contenders? Are they legit? Is is this deeper than just a hot streak?
1: Yeah, I was going to go into this. So there are there are constant there are things that look sustainable about this. You know, I think Jordan Clarkson has you know started to rise over the last few years, you know, into that niche of being that off-the-bench that off the bench scorer, that, you know, microwave. And then you've got Conley, who last year, he was kind of having a down year. Uh, that was out of his character. And he, you know, in the playoffs, he started to, you know, get back to where he was. And now he definitely is showing the impact that uh, the Jazz were looking for when they acquired him. But the thing that I look at, the two things I look at are, you know, shooting 40% on several like several attempts for a player, uh, that is not entirely sustainable. You know, they might go a yeah. bit further down and that might have a lot to do with their point differential. But they do have the defense with... Their offensive system is definitely working and producing those type of shots that they want. And their defense is definitely sustainable. You know, that's that's why... That's part of Gobert Gobert's uh, impact and why he's making, you know, that hefty salary, but uh, when I look at them, I just don't think they have, you know, they have a good team defensive strategy and, you know, in Gobert, but they're, they're a great team. But when you look at the teams that they'll have to go up against to see, to be title contenders, I don't think they match up as, as great as they need to be because, you know, you look at their uh, perimeter defense. I don't think they have the type of defenders that you would need to guard a LeBron James, mm-hmm. a Paul George, you know, a Kawhi Leonard, a yeah. KD, think- you know, a Harden. And then yeah. they don't have, you know, they're not stopping, you know, Jokic <laughs> seems to have great games against him, against uh, Gobert a lot of the time. And then AD is just a mismatch as well.
0: Yeah, well, I think... As as we mentioned earlier, the big difference, the biggest difference maker for the Jazz this year has been the been Mike Conley stepping up. Um, obviously there's going to be a question mark of whether he can continue this form. Uh, I believe but, he will. but if he if he can, this will go down as probably the best year of his career or one of the best. Um, you know, and also, you know, they are shooting the, the three at an extremely efficient rate right now. Can they continue that percentage of of three point? three-pointers made who knows but the interesting sign for me and, and the, the encouragement that I have from this team is that um it's it feels like a team effort every night you know there's not one guy going off for of 40 every night um even with Donovan Mitchell out as I said earlier uh they still got got w- wins against the Dallas Mavericks who are no pushover um so that makes you think, you know, they've got lots of pieces that are contributing. You've got uh, Bogdanovich that's contributing. Joe Ingles is contributing. Uh, Royce O'Neill is quite, is quite a good defender. Um, you've got a solid bench. So it feels like a really well, well-rounded roster, and that's what the, the Jazz have had for this, these past five, six years. Um, but, you know, the question is always going to be the playoffs with this team. Uh, yeah. no, no doubt I think there'll be a, a, a top four seed in the West. Maybe even a top three seed up there with with the two LA teams, but yeah, the question is, yeah, what are they do in the playoffs? they're they're
1: great, they're greatly built, and uh, they they uh, they execute at a great rate. But the problem is they're going up against talent, you know, generational type talent. Yeah, uh, there's several teams built with you know multiple superstars, and so that puts them at that you know second tier rather than that you know title contender type. So yeah. I think we need to see more we need to see you know it has been you know a quarter of a season, but we're gonna to need to see a little bit more uh sustain, sustainable play before yeah you know we see potency to really go against the Lakers or the Clippers or the nets or even the sixers
0: yeah uh let's go to the other end of the spectrum then um you know the jazz are the best team in basketball right now, but the wizards are the worst team in basketball right now uh they currently sit. At three and twelve record, uh, obviously they missed they miss quite a few games with with protocol um, and stuff like that. But uh, even since they've come back and had had you know Westbrook and, and Bill back, um, they have looked awful, just awful. Uh, by far the worst team in the league so far. Uh, with the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves have been terrible as well, but. Uh, this is not what we were expecting from this Wizards team. We weren't expecting a three and twelve record quarter of the way into the season. Um, you know, we were, people were going to hope, especially Wizards fans, that uh, Bill and Westbrook could gel straight away, uh, kind of like what we saw in Houston with Westbrook and Harden. But that just hasn't happened at all. Westbrook has looked awful to start the year. Um, obviously, he he did play really well uh, last night, but even still, that was in a loss. So you know um and Bradley Bill just looks dejected every every game um when asked if if he's frustrated with the team's performance he simply replied is the sky blue so that tells you everything you need to know uh, there's there was that worrying stat I'm not sure if I have it exactly here but it was
1: it's about the scoring yeah it was something like yeah he's lost 10 games in a row uh, yeah. scoring uh, his his last 10 games in a row which he scored 40 or more
0: yeah and and this is this is weird to me that Bradley Bill is still adamant and he and he obviously signed that contract recently he's still adamant that he wants to win in washington uh which you know from an outside looking in doesn't look possible in the near future um he's probably in the back of his mind thinking to request a trade uh, any any minute now um do you do you see a way the Wizards can turn this around, or or is this is this the way you think it's going to go for the rest of the season?
1: Yeah, just just outlining I will finish obviously with this season, but just outlining you know Bradley Bill's frustrations over the last couple of years because this extends past this season. Um, probably over to when uh John Wall suffered first or suffered his injury, is that uh a lot of his scoring has been you know losing efforts. You know he hasn't been rewarded. in in ways that someone that as prolific as him would be, you know, he didn't make the All-Star team, didn't make all NBA teams, despite being, you know, top three in scoring. And he's, you know, he's leading the league in scoring right now, but there's possibilities that, I mean, he definitely won't, he probably, he likely won't start in the All-Star game, but he he might not even be an All-Star just because they pin that losing against you. Uh, But so they've had issues, you know, with, especially defensively, this team has had a lot of issues, you know, Uh, Scott Brooks is a bit suspect well he's very suspect as a coach Uh, going back to I mean I know too well as a Thunder fan Uh, but um, yeah this season in, in particular people thought that you know last year they were terrible defensively but they had you know a great offense and this year they've been anemic offensively as well you know it's been a mixture of things obviously with injuries you know to Westbrook and losing Thomas Bryant uh Denny Aviger, Aviger, uh, time uh, been out
0: as well.
1: so they've just had this this year has been
0: you know just everything that could go wrong when has wrong. gone wrong but and at the uh, same time but that so the just haven't suggested that they they can even turn
1: this around exactly my point is that um even if I I, I feel like it, it would just delay the inevitable. Um, as even if uh Westbrook played as well as he played last year, or uh, you know, everyone's playing to their potential, I think their ceiling would still be you know, a lower seeded playoff team, yeah. And is that what Bradley Bill wants, you know, long term? Uh, I think well, he said he
0: wants to win in Washington, hasn't he? So. Yeah,
1: but that's just not likely. Uh, I don't because you know, Russ has had issues, uh, with his you know with his efficiency, with several things, you know, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think he'd play as bad as, you know, he has, you know, if he wasn't as injured, but at the same time that adds to it, you know, that adds to the fact that, you know, they haven't been able to get the talent addressed the things around the two of them mm-hmm. uh, for them to have much of a ceiling anyway, their potential isn't that high, uh, even if things were going right. So this might just, you know, tell Bradley Bill that, you know, Maybe it is time. It is time to request a trade.
0: Well, the the Russell Westbrook with each passing day looks like a very expensive mistake from from both sides. Um, you know, the Wizards haven't been able to get the the best Westbrook they wanted. Obviously, that is partly down to his injury issues. But he looks like uh, a player that's on the decline. You know, he he has a game that I think everyone knew wouldn't really translate well into later in the, into his career. It was very. Driven by his athletic ability, um, and you know putting in a hundred percent effort, but I'm I'm guessing the the idea behind trading John Wall for Russell Westbrook was to stay competitive and stay in the playoff hunt, uh, and they're a million miles away from that right now. Um, so it's an expensive mistake from that from the Wizards side. You know West, Russell Westbrook is making a lot of money, um, but at the same time, Russell Westbrook is is wasting some some of the prime years of his career. It's, it seems like. I uh, yeah. at least I mean, Houston, obviously, he was yeah. in a winning winning spot. Uh, but with the Wizards, he's traded that in for, you know, looks like a lottery team. And if Bradley Bill does get traded, um, he's gonna be stuck there. And with each passing game, with with these poor performances he's been putting in, his his trade stock is is taking a, a big hit. So the, the likelihood yeah. that the Wizards are gonna be able to get anything, you know, close to Westwick's value uh, is is diminishing with each passing game.
1: Yeah, I think I think uh, you know the trade. The trade does look bad now, but when when I look at the trade, I focus in more on the fact that uh, they gave up their lottery pick as well, which could end up being quite valuable. But um, in terms of just the Westbrook against uh, John Wall or the Westbrook requesting the trade, I'm, I'm I'm sure that he requested the trade knowing you know what was coming. You know after the management decisions that were made in Houston and. I'm pretty sure he made the trade knowing that both him and Harden would be gone uh, in the imminent imminent future. Uh, So I don't think either spot would have been great for them. Uh, I think if Westbrook was more healthy, it still wouldn't have been the greatest situation. Uh, I think even if they had John Wall right now, if the Wizards had John Wall, they would still be bad because I don't think Westbrook is... I mean, at this point, maybe Westbrook, Westbrook's definitely part of the problem, but I don't think he's the root problem, which is their defense and their coaching. Uh, they don't They don't have great defensive plans. They don't have great, you know, overall uh, strategic plans. So it's just they don't even get the full potential out of the team that they do have. So the fact that they have, you know, on any given day, you see uh, Bradley Beal playing with just a bunch of G League players towards the bottom of their rotation, which is not great right now, and then you've got Westbrook sitting on back to backs because he's clearly still hurt. Uh,
0: yeah. It's just it's it's a bleak situation. It's a bleak situation for for Wizards fans out there. Um, let's let's talk about the flip side of that trade quickly uh, with the Rockets. Um, you know, the Rockets obviously acquired John Wall in that trade, and now they're they're fronting a big three of John Wall, Victor Oladipo, who they acquired in that blockbuster James Harden trade, and um, Christian Wood, who you know, he looks really good this season. Um, with the Rockets, personally, uh, it looks like a team that's going to be in and around the bottom of the the playoff uh pitcher, uh, you know, in that seven, eight, nine, nine realm. And the problem I've got with this team is that I don't think they're giving Christian Wood enough touches. I think Christian Wood should be the star on this team. I think he's he's the most talented right now out of those three. And they're not feeding him the ball as much as they should be. You know, he's he's a very efficient player, so he's still putting up good stats. But those could be even better if, if he got more of the ball. Uh, obviously, John Wall has been coming back to the lineup. He's looked solid since he's returned. Still, questions over Victor Oladipo. He seems like he's quite he's quite streaky at the moment. Uh, not the All Star we once knew. Um, where do you see this team finishing the season, Josh? To be to be honest, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I, I think. <laughs>
1: I think, uh, regardless, I think they're just heading to the middle of nowhere Uh, as a franchise. uh, It's not looking too great.
0: Um, They're in limbo. I think a lot of what they
1: put together was with, you know, the idea of hoping that they could keep, you know, Westbrook or at least Harden... um, And right now, they're kind of in limbo. They're they're scrambling right now. You know, Oladipo doesn't look as invested as you'd want him to be. You know, there's a lot of these rumors about, you know, him to Miami being a done deal, pretty much. Um, So, and the the timelines just don't really, they don't fit as as greatly as you'd want to. So, it's just, you know, they could just, they could narrowly miss the playoffs, you know, Uh, or they could make it, you know, just to get swept. But... It's not. It, it's not. It's not a great situation at all. I mean, as bad as their situation is, they've still somehow, you know, won the trade. I guess, which just kind of says, kind of says it all. Sums it all up,
0: really. You know they're just they're just a better loser at this point, really. Yeah, that's a perfect way to put it. A better loser, um, and you know, I I guess the positive you can take from this is that they've now got a franchise piece to if they were looking to blow up, um, they've got that franchise piece in Christian Wood that they can build around. At least they have that. So there is a bit of direction for the future. But, um, you know, I I feel like they've kind of lodged John Wall and Victor Oladipo into that starting lineup, in like into that team, just to kind of have a big three almost, like have, they're just trying to acquire as much talent as they can. And I'm not sure for what purpose, um, you know, as as we said, it is a limbo right now. Um, yeah, they, in my opinion, they definitely should have
1: pushed for a harder reset. You know, yeah. acquiring a player like Ben Simmons. Yeah, they should have acquired some,
0: some future assets from from this from these two deals, the Harden deal and um, and the Westbrook deal. They should have they should have looked towards the future, uh, but they didn't, which was which was a strange choice. Uh, so I I, feel, I feel that's probably on the on a from a GM's perspective a failure, obviously they, they have a new front office uh, going into this year. Darren Murray obviously left his, his standing there to go to the Sixers. So maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's inexperience from the, from the front office. Uh, but yeah, that doesn't, it looks like a weird situation down in Houston. Um I feel like they're, you know, they're a team that could, could do well. They could go either way. I think they could, could do well and surprise a few people, but they could, they could be disappointing as they kind of have been so far. So um, we'll keep an eye out on the Rockets. Um, I've I've watched a few of their games this year. They they don't look ter- they're not a terrible watch. Um, no, but yeah, it's just I think it's kind
1: of the middle of nowhere type. They're, st- they're
0: still figuring out their role. No man's right
1: la- Yeah, they're kind of like a in no
0: man's land yeah. type of team right now. Yeah, but I think that's that's all we've got for today. Uh, a comparatively quick one to what we usually put out, but you know. Sometimes you just got to put put out the quick ones. Uh, Not everyone has 90 minutes out of their day to to listen to us ramble on about basketball. So uh, there you go. Thank you for tuning in as always. Uh, And we're out. Peace.